Diamonds are forever, right? Yeah, it's a private stream. All right. Hello. So Welcome to the beginning of the 70s of James Bond. Call this Diamonds Are Forever, also known as Sean Connery got paid a lot of money to be in this movie and didn't try. Yeah. But also the first Fleming book to not outdo its predecessor. Diamonds is a weird nothing story with some good things in it, at least the book. Um, it was Fleming's fourth novel in the um, series. It unfortunately is the one that follows Moonraker, a much, much better book. And it's not to say Diamonds is bad. It's just... It suffers from one big flaw. The villains are very forgettable. The henchmen aren't are uh, pretty memorable, but they're so forgettable that initially, when they wanted to make Diamonds Are Forever into a film, they wanted it to be a sequel to Goldfinger and have Goldfinger's brother. Exactly. And instead, they put Blofeld in there, the worst uh, iteration of Blofeld. I'm not so sure. Wait wait until we get to Christopher's inspector. I like him better. Yeah, but he has this one thing. I don't like what they that they made him Bond's adopted brother. That's why I call him Blofeld. Yeah, that's bad. But his portrayal of Blofeld, other than that, with with, we'll get to this when we get more into the Craig films. You gotta let give them some the actors some slack because they're given garbage to work with. Yeah, I mean, fantastic actors are in those movies, and they're given nothing. Monica Bellucci, also Inspector. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, Ray Fiennes is Inspector. He's very bland. He's better... It's the reverse of his Voldemort. His Voldemort's like a Bond villain. <laughs> One of these days, we'll just run out of episodes. We'll start reviewing Harry Potter on here. Oh, that's going to be great. <laughs> but first, we have to finish talking about Diamonds or Forever. Talk about oh two stories that go in completely different directions. Um, yeah. I, I should, we should go with what's the same, which is not much. James Bond's in it. It's there are diamonds. There are diamonds. Mr. Wit and Mr. Kid are in there. Oh, yeah. And Las Vegas. Las Vegas is in there. Oh, and um, Tiffany Case is the same. We say this. But as the more films start happening, they start changing the Bond girls' names for the stories. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's just... Uh, so, in the book, Bond's trying to stop diamond smuggling out of Africa and uh, infiltrating a crime organization and destroying it. That's basically the plot. And Felix helps him. Oh, Felix is in both of these. Felix yeah. is so much better in the book than he is in the movie. In the movie, he doesn't even act like Felix. No, 
in the book it's better because we haven't seen him since Live and Let Die. Yeah. So there was Moonraker in between where he wasn't in it. Yeah. And then he shows up again in Diamonds Are Forever and he's basically a new Felix. Like obviously with his prosthetic leg, his new arm, and now he's a private investigator. Which is so much better. I remember thinking, oh, he's a PI, and he has the, stu the Studebaker that has a Cadillac engine in it. <laughs> that's that's funny. And he just drives like a madman all the time. It's This is Felix, I think, at his most fun. Oh, yeah, probably. Yeah, it, and it's just like Bond and Felix bromancing. It's great. We also have one of in the at least the books, one of my favorite Bond girls, just Tiffany Case. She's the first Bond girl to really have a whole lot of a character. And there's Vespa. Vespa has a character, but we find out a lot about her character after she's dead. Spoilers. But like in this, we find out she doesn't like men because she was horribly assaulted by a bunch of them. Uh, it, it's just this is really sad. But you know if Bond can turn a lesbian into a straight woman. Yeah, I mean, he can you know, do anything. He can do anything. Uh, super. This is why people don't like these books. <laughs> That's a prime example of it. But um, in, the, in the movie, we open with Sean Connery. This is one of the better openings. It's like one of the few things that's good about this film. You got to put it on a scale, Noah. Yeah. Normally, this would be freaking stupid. But it's Connery, and he's like, Where's Blofeld? He throws a dude through a paper wall in Japan. And, and like, he strangles a, a woman with her bikini top. Yeah. With the, the, one, the one guy in the casino hit me, and then Connery actually hits him. It's, it's, I mean, it's stupid, definitely, but I don't know. There's already some weird stuff in there. Mm -hmm. Like, did you notice when he says, you know, my name is Bond, James Bond, it's sped up? Yes. Like, obviously. And I don't know why. And it's not, it doesn't match up his lips at all. No. And then, of course, with the opening, like you said, it opens in Japan for some reason. Mm -hmm. we, we have to address this. Diamonds are forever. The book is a complete standalone mission. Yes. This came right after On Her Majesty's Secret Service mm -hmm. because the filmmakers were idiots mm -hmm. and they did You Only Live Twice before On Her Majesty's. So there's no trilogy here. So they just said, you know what? Next up, Diamonds. So this opening is kind of intended to be a sequel to The End of Majesty's. That's where he goes after Blofeld in this one. Yeah. But you can also interpret it as like, forget Majesties ever happened. We start in Japan. This is a sequel to You Only Live Twice. Yeah. Um, they just It's so weird that they initially didn't want to deal with Honor Majesty's Secret Service because it made significantly less money than any of the other Bond films had at that point. Still a lot, but... Still a hit because there's never been a Bond film that bombed at the box office. Even Die Another Day made a bunch of money, just not as much as they wanted. And um, I think the tone, they they didn't want to go dark again. No, obviously not. Even in the trailer, there's one line. They, they say like, oh, James Bond is back. 
And we are back to what great movies are all about. And this is, in their eyes, a great movie, Ugh. apparently. It's so bad. It's so it's whiplash. Yeah. Utter whiplash. And you can tell Sean Connery doesn't like this one bit. They've taken pretty much all the edge out of his portrayal of Bond. This it's, is like... It feels you know, like a war film. A movie you know, film? Like a Roger Moore film. Oh, yeah. Yeah, very, very much. It's very slapsticky. Yeah. It's, it's written for stupid people. Yeah. That, because, my, yeah, because it, the 70s are the beginning of the identity crisis. Yes. And this is also the first in the Mankiewicz trilogy, written by this one screenwriter, who came back for Live and Let Die and then mm-hmm. with the Golden Gun. Mm-hmm. And I mean... I don't know. This is like they wanted to do Goldfinger again, obviously, because yeah. that was the biggest success. But this is like Goldfinger if they didn't try. Yes. It, re- tried. it reminds me of hmm? A View to a Kill. Oh. They're both oh. very similar in the not giving a crap. And the complete lack of energy. The cla- complete rack- lack of energy. It's two, two of the biggest bonds. Their last films. I mean, technically, Sean Connery came back for Never Say Never Again. But like, what was the better swan song? This or Never Say Never Again? Never Say Never Again, by far, because Sean Connery tries in that. Oh yeah, because he hated the broccolis. This is Connery's worst Bond film. Easily, what? his mm-hmm. acting is horrible. He, it is clear he did he did it for the money, but didn't want to be there. Um, he has no chemistry with any of the other actors, period. Mm-hmm. He just looks miserable. And he has a terrible toupee. Oh, yeah. That's, that's another thing. Well, first of all, Connery went bald at a young age. So I think in all the Bond films, he has a toupee. I think so. But the thing is, in like, if you told me this before, I wouldn't have noticed it. Like, Dr. No from Russia with Love Goldfinger looks good. Like, you wouldn't, you it's wouldn't also, know it. It's also a different film stock, and thus mm-hmm. the, uh, that's the thing. I've talked about this before with the earlier ones. I know we're getting off topic, and I'm trying to, trying to power through this awful, awful shit show. But, um, there are different film stock. They were cheaper film stock, so they didn't remaster very well. It's not till Thunderball where you really get to notice things, but Thunderball is made really well. You only live twice for how bad it is. Is still made really well. This is not. It's so bizarre because it's like it wants to be big like you only live twice, but they didn't have the money to do it. Obviously or- not because they had to pay Connery. Yeah, so it's re- it looks cheap. This is one of the cheapest looking Bond films that's made by the Broccoli's. And this came right after On Her Majesty's, which just makes it look worse. And that one was that one was scaled back quite a bit, but that that thing, that movie is art. Like it's a really well shot film. I forgot to mention this in our On Her Majesty's talk. There's a the, uh, there's a scene where Bond fights some guys, which is terribly done because George Lazenby couldn't fight. And it 
he gets into the room and he's holding the knife like he's going to throw it. Yeah. Perfectly framed. You don't get a single shot like that in this movie, in Diamonds Are Forever. There are no shots that Bond looks cool. Not really. I mean, there are attempts at shots where he looks cool. Like when he stands on the elevator that goes up and mm-hmm. he's like, you know, checking his flower and stuff. And that's supposed to look cool. And in concept, that's that's a cool thing to do. But they've already done that. They did that in Goldfinger when he he, he removes the scuba suit and has the tuxedo underneath. Mm-hmm. Better shot. Oh, yeah. This is this is my problem with Guy Hamilton. I don't think he's a good director. I think he had luck with Goldfinger because that was a solid script. Yes. And but this the, is remember great. we 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 brought up certain things that don't work in Goldfinger, like Bond and his no chemistry. With, oh yeah, that's true. This female, any yeah, which which you can say it's something they also try here because mm-hmm. obviously the main bond girl is supposed in both films is supposed to be more independent and come across more like a badass and you know the yeah. sassy character let's get into that yeah yeah it is the most it's one of the most offensive of the bond girls in my opinion oh um she is well she's done so her character's done so dirty in this she is until we get to man with the golden gun, which I have some things to say about that. Although I do like that movie. Um, the bond girls just awful in that, but mm-hmm. this, I mean, she shoots a machine gun and falls off the oil rig. Tiffany, oh. Tiffany case in the book would have never done that. And that's, that's really, really frustrating in this. Mm-hmm. And you know what I don't like about her? She starts out okay. Yes. Like she, her appearance at first, it's actually like in the book. Yes. Like when you first meet her. That's all. Two things left over. Yeah. So that's all good. But I would say like halfway through the movie, she suddenly turns from this, you know, more sassy character into a bimbo. And a dumb one. A really dumb yeah. one. I can tell you right when the movie starts to get bad, it's when Sean Connery's disguised himself as making out with himself. <laughs> yeah, that, I want to mention that scene. Yeah, that's the that's the beginning of when the, you know this movie's going to be awful, because before that, it's it's been it's like okay, this is a step down from Honor Majesties or pretty much anything, but I'm like, I give it a chance, give it a chance. And Bond's already made contact with Tiffany Case, which is a cool scene where she's like getting his thumbprint and stuff. It's one of the few times Q does anything in this. Yeah. Movie. I mean, later on, he robs the casino, which is dumb. Kind of, it kind of made me laugh a little bit. Yeah. I mean, they picked the wrong character to be with Q during that joke. Mm-hmm. If Bond were there, it would have been better. Probably. Um, but anyway, so Bond is disguising as he, the real guy he's supposed to be pretending to be actually shows up to Tiffany Case's apartment and he's sitting there like making this. out with himself like this what little kids would do. Yeah. Like this and no one no one questions it. It's so stupid. And then as the spy. 
best spy lead, in the world. It does lead to a good fight in the elevator. Probably the best part of this movie. Yeah, before we get to that, I want to bring something up. Mm -hmm. This is this is where it's convenient that I'm German. This is the first time Bond speaks German in the Bond series. I will review the other ones later on when we get to it. For some reason, Connery's Bond is speaking German in, I was about to swear, in Amsterdam, which they are Dutch, so I don't know what this is about, but okay. It's it's dumb people writing. They were too busy trying to get the, the uh, gang members to actually sound like gang members this time around. <laughs> Instead of hey, what you doing? Uh, yeah, I would say this: the Americans gangs, the American gangsters sound better with the dialogue. I would say, but yeah, so he's speaking German, the easiest words like "guten Abend," and then Connery tries to do like an accent and mispronounce stuff. Like when he gets into the elevator with the guy, he's like, "Who is your floor?" Which I kind of laughed at because it's Sean Connery trying to do my terrible accent but it's, <laughs> it's so weird but we get a great really brutal fight that just doesn't feel right in this film mm -hmm. it, it almost rivals from russia with love in fact it's supposed to be shot like the brawl at the end of that mm -hmm. but um it gets it gets ruined when sean connery sprays him in the face yeah, and then when you know when they when he swaps, you know wallets clearly, bullets. Brother, but she's Tiffany Case is too stupid to realize. Yes, and then we get the great scene when she's like, she pulls out his like, what is it like a Playboy card? Yeah, it's like you're a member of Playboy. I guess that was a yeah. thing in the sixties and seventies. Yeah. And she's like, oh my god, you just killed James Bond, which brings up a lot of questions. Do do people just generally know who James Bond is? Yeah, you shouldn't I, know who a spy that's is. That's always bothered me. And he's like, and Sean Connery's like, I did. By the way, this is another great thing in the German dub. So he says, "Well, I guess that proves no one's indestructible." Mm -hmm. In the German dub, he says, "Well, I guess you really do only live twice." That joke was so bad. I I loved it. Oh my god. I wish that was in there. Yeah. Film. I was looking forward to it when I first watched it in English. I was like, oh, please make that joke. Wasn't in here. Oh, that's so bizarre. That's so weird. Why would they put that in the German version? <laughs> to be funnier, I guess. Yeah. Modify the dialogue. I mean, for me, it worked. We we haven't talked about Mr. Wit and Mr. Kid. Mm -hmm. So in the book, I, because in the movie, they show up periodically. They're killing everyone in the diamond smuggling chain. Which I have multiple questions in regards to the movie. Um, so Fleming, we've talked about this many times. Fleming didn't like most things. It was like a bigot about a lot of things. And the homosexual community is one of them. They have so much talk about how these two guys are gay and how weird it is. And it's just bizarre. Um, but they're creepy in the book. Oh, yeah. They are effective assassins, definitely. 
they're they're very psychotic. They're very creative. Mm-hmm. As I recall, they're the reason that Jockey gets smothered in hot mud. Yes, which is in the movie, in in the opening, in a way. Oh yeah, that's right. So Blofeld gets Blofeld's getting his face put on someone else. They're just like, like a double a decoy. Yeah, which ends up being like, oh, there's two of me now, and then Bond shoots him with an air gun in the head and kills one of them. So there's just one Blofeld, so it didn't make any sense. But uh, anyway, Bond smothers that guy and throws him in mud. Which is weird, because that guy was already like completely in mud. Yes. Okay, makes sense. He also had a gun with him for some reason. Like, he knew Bond would show up. Yeah. Where it's like, does this thing even work? Like, you can see in the in the gun barrel. No. It's, like, it completely full of mud. No, it would jam. It would actually probably blow up in his hands, if I'm being real. That would have been a great scene. That would have, been, that would have made this movie the best movie. <laughs> That's also when we get the terrible fight with Blofeld in the opening. Oh, when he gets a scalpel and he tries to attack Connery. Yeah. And then he pushes this thing down in like a terrible edit. Yeah. Well, also, why does Connery have a mouse trap in his coat pocket? I don't know. Maybe it's a, a gadget. I guess. So when someone takes his gun away, they get it. it it's so inconvenient the rest of the time. Yeah. That is so weird. Imagine him trying to get his cigarettes. Ah, god damn it. He doesn't really smoke in this film. Mm, not really. No. I don't think he smokes at all. This is the only Connery film <laughs> where he doesn't smoke. This is the first Bond film with no smoking in it. Yeah. Before we get to Brosnan and his you know filthy habit. It's, yeah, I don't know. It's so it's it's just weird. Um, but this movie is just bizarre. But anyway, Mr. Witten, Mr. Kid speaking one-liners in the movie. Yes, some work because their their delivery is so bizarre that you just laugh and like, oh, was this what the director wanted them to say it that way? It's like, is that the point? Yeah, I think what they tried to do was make them like seem psychotic and weird but also kind of humorous I guess and I mean it works some of the time yeah <laughs> I'm just thinking of their demise at the end <laughs> yeah which very Austin Powers-esque yeah um, anyway which by the way we should mention with them being gay since you talked about it in the movie it's not really talked about that much. No, they didn't know how to approach it. No, which is actually good, like, in terms of, like... In the book, it's it's very rude. Yeah. I believe that the... Uh, what's that? Blofeld. Ian Fleming <laughs> uh, ensues that being gay is, like, there's something wrong with you. Probably. I mean, this is not even offensive. This is more stuff where I would go, that's so Ian. Like, of, of course he would think that. 
he he like has the the mindset of a grandpa like his entire life it's so bizarre mm-hmm. he was a curmudgeon just an absolute curmudgeon who who just didn't think anything of women but then tried to write a woman as his protagonist in a book oh which one did we get to and then denied it <laughs> it's just bizarre anyway um so we got to get to Blofeld's plan. So Blofeld's pretending to be this guy that lives in the penthouse of this casino. What? I was about to say Walter White. Willard White. Willard White. Who Willard White is the biggest hootin' tootin' Texan that has ever been a Texan. Mm-hmm. And he's the worst. I fucking hate him. Like a lot. Now you swear it. Now we're gonna get the explicit tag. It's fine. Okay. These are just going to be explicit. I I hate this guy. He's so annoying. He's really, really dumb, but he's not supposed to. But anyway, Bond's trying to figure out why he wants these diamonds or whatever. And he ends up stealing a moon car for some reason. In like an Area 51 type thing? Where they fake the moon landing? I don't get it. I think they're training for the moon landing. This was 1971, though. This is... Like for another moon landing, I don't know. I don't know. Um, he steals the moon car, and then he steals the uh, a three wheeler. Yeah. By the way, that we should talk about. We should talk about that chase scene, because up until now, it's the worst in the franchise. Up until this movie, at least, that chase scene, Bond. Like, literally watch it. He's just driving straight forward through the desert. Mm-hmm. And they are behind him in cars and freewheelers. And they just drive off cliffs and fall apart and explode for no reason. Like, and Bond is literally doing nothing. He punches a dude once and takes his three-wheeler. At the end, but that's it. Yeah. Meanwhile, we have... I don't know, is this controversial with you, but I think this is... T- so far, the weirdest, if not weakest, John Barry score. It's fine. You also are going coming off of Honor Majesties, which takes a lot of risks and is more experimental. Yeah, but this one I noticed during Shirley this. Shirley Bassey's songs really good. Yeah, agree. It's my favorite of hers that actually made it into one of these films. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, it, it's very bland. I do like Mr. Wit and Mr. Kid's theme. Yeah, that's also that's, good. I mean, I don't say it's the whole soundtrack is horrible or something. I, I'm just saying it's some of this stuff is not just bland, but weird. Like this chase scene in the desert. The only instrument playing is like a xylophone or something. It's like... It's so weird. Yeah, it's bland. It's super just... but. There's a better chase, the car chase. In Las Vegas? Yeah. I We're, okay, there are a lot of details with that chase. That That's where they spent their money, but they're like, this chase doesn't go anywhere. It's like they, they drive two blocks over and over again in a circle. Which, which you can see the bystanders just standing there watching the filming. Which they later reshot some scenes because they realized, oh, people are watching. And then we get one of the most famous Bond movie errors with the car going in sideways. Yes, and it comes out the other sideways. 
yes, they reshot that one because there was a bunch of people standing around watching at first when they first filmed it. So the second time they just, you know, fucked it up. Yeah. But it's weird that they would reshoot it because there's so much else in this chase. You can see dozens and dozens of people standing on the sidewalks like, oh, they are filming a James Bond movie here. Look at all these police cars running into each other because Bond keeps driving in the same circle. Oh, yeah, we get Proto... Uh, what's his name? J.W. Pepper. Yes. Although this guy, he's not so bad. He's just mildly dumb. Mm-hmm. He's not a dumb hick. Oh, God. I forgot. I forgot that we have two films of that, that guy in a row coming up. Oh... But yeah, anyway, so Bond and Tiffany get back and Bond sneaks out because Felix put him in time out. This is, you know, we had dad Felix. We've had, we're going to have bland Felix in the living daylights. We have cool Felix. This one is just sucks Felix. Yeah. He's just, he's just weird. I think they casted him specifically to make Connery look better. Because Felix, and this is also like this small elderly guy, not really fit. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, and now you look at Connery and he looks better in comparison. Yeah. Because Connery at this point, he's not in terrible shape. No. But he's also not in Dr. No shape anymore. No, or Thunderball shape. Yeah. Which but- is, is okay. He doesn't have to be ripped, but you can tell time has passed. You can tell that he's tired. Yeah. Anyway, Bond climbs up an elevator, like we said. He uses a weird harpoon gun. Which I actually liked as a gadget. I did too. And then he shot a fake Blofeld in the head with it. And we find out that there's a tape recorder. But first, first, when he climbs into this building, he lands literally on the toilet. It reminds me of Goldeneye. Yeah. Maybe that was a callback. That could have been. Anyway, he ends up talking to two Blofelds. He shoots one. Turns out it's the fake Blofeld. Because he also has a fake cat for some reason. I don't know. So many cats. They're so adorable. Anyway, so Blofeld's big plan is to put a diamond-powered satellite that shoots laser beams at the world to hold the world for ransom? Again. Yeah. Again. Yeah. It's basically what he did and you only live twice with lasers. Yeah. And we get some great special effects when he uses the laser. Oh, they look horrible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> When this Chinese base blows up, it's so amazing. Just, oh, I mean, what is what is the worst laser? This one or the one in Die Another Day? Die Another Day. Okay. This is used at the bare minimum because they didn't have a budget. Because they didn't have a budget, and even if they did have a budget, it would have looked bad still. Mm -hmm. ILM didn't exist yet. fix things like this. Oh man, but what I want to know with this laser and the diamonds and stuff, it's like 
was Blofeld really behind it all? Or was there a, was there a separate diamond smuggling operation going on and he infiltrated it? Because why do Mr. Wind and Mr. Kid, who are his henchmen, like his direct henchmen, why do they kill all the other people involved in the actual smuggling? I think he infiltrated it. That's the only thing that even makes remote sense. Okay, so maybe the villains from the book still exist and they were never mentioned and got away. Oh, probably. I don't know. It was really confusing. By the way, speaking of the villains, we have one of the American gangsters. Yes. He's the one who orders his men to throw plenty of tool out the window. Oh, God. Yeah, plenty. I'm plenty. Oh, well, of course you are. Which that always gets me. That's like one of my favorite one-liners to uh, Bond uh, meeting a girl with an awful name like that. Oh, he does too in uh, View to a Kill. I'm Jenny Flex. Of course you are. Uh huh. Yeah, Roger, that's always good. Roger Moore was the king of that. That's like a positive more. Um, where- but one of yeah, one of the gangsters. He will show up again. Probably the same character. There's nothing to contradict it. In the beginning of Man with the Golden Gun. He is the gangster who gets killed by Scaramanga in the opening. Oh. Interesting. Yeah. Same actor, same outfit. So same character as far as I'm concerned. We we gotta talk go back to the book here real fast. Mm-hmm. We gotta talk about the boots. So Bond Bond went Bond's infiltrated this gang. They kind of realize who he is, basically. And the main villain of Diamonds Are Forever, the gangster, has Mr. Witt and Mr. Kid put these steel toe boots on and they proceed to kick the ever-living crap out of Bond for, like, hours. Just <laughs> kick to the point where he can't even walk. And, and Tiffany Case has to drag him, and they get on a handcart and they like escape this train. But they derail oh, yeah. the train. Yeah, they derailed it because this bad guy is uh, obsessed with like the Wild West, which mm-hmm. is a fun character trait. I would like to see it in a movie someday. But yeah, in the, because in the book we didn't even mention it. Our main villains we have two. Yes, right. We have the brothers uh, Jack. Mm-hmm. And Serafimo Spang, and the gangsters, they are called the Spangled Mob or something? Yes, yeah, something like that. Um, and they're very, with the exception of the Wild West obsession, they're very forgettable. Yeah, we meet one of them, Jack or John or whatever his name was, who poses as like a legitimate businessman. Mm-hmm. Bond goes into this diamond shop or whatever at the beginning and meets him once. And then we have this chase on the train with Serafimo Spang, the other one who dies. Yeah, because they derail the train. And yeah, then but I- they don't really have like any bigger scenes and don't really leave any impression. Just... At the end, he Bond goes and guns down the other one in South Africa. Oh yeah, when he's in a helicopter. He's in a helicopter, which is feels tacked on, but it's clear Fleming wanted to end it. Yeah, by the way, did you know... We, when we get to the part with Bond and Tiffany on the boat, 
That was all added on later by Fleming. He wanted to end it on the after the train thing. Really? But his, yeah, but his publisher said, I don't know, this is too short, this is not that great of an ending. No. Give us some more. I'm glad. Oh, we gotta get to so we gotta get to the oil rig. Yeah. The, okay, okay, wait, wait, wait. Let's just count the oil rig in this. It's supposed to be the big villain layer. It's what did we have before? We had a volcano. We had Pitts Gloria, and yeah. now we have this. And just a plain oil rig. With, this is a detail, an office where Blofeld sits with a bunch of like Japanese symbols all around. Which, yeah. again, I guess that's... We also see them in Willard White's office, a bunch of Japanese like flags or whatever. And it's like probably a callback to You Only Live Twice because Forget Majesties happened. We also saw Japanese stuff in Majesties, by the way, but... I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. So so Bond gets there through an inflatable balloon that is dropped from a plane. And then he has a fake tape that he's going to put in the computer. But he ends up giving it to Tiffany to put in after he had already swapped the tapes. And he sticks the uh, tape in... Or the back of her bikini bottoms. Oh yeah, Tiffany Case is kidnapped by a in drag Blofeld. That should be. Which for some reason she decided to follow because she noticed the white cat, which should mean absolutely nothing to her. Yeah. And yeah, it's Blofeld in drag. With a wig on, with makeup on for some reason. It's strange. I don't know why he needs to... I guess he's still a wanted criminal, but I don't get it at all. Anyway, so Blofeld has kidnapped Tiffany for reasons. Yeah, and then she's just lying around on the oil rig in a bikini, sunbathing, and apparently she's having a great time. And so... Bond switches the tape. She switches it back, thinking that he he told her to do that, and then he calls her stupid. You stupid twat! You put the real one back in. Yeah. So. And, oh, and then we get one of the best Blofeld lines when she's when she's there and she's trying to put it back in, and like you said, it's basically at her ass. And Blofeld is like showing some more cheek than usual, aren't we? Yeah. But Trying like, to make Blofeld funny is probably a big mistake. Yeah. So anyway, Felix shows up with a bunch of helicopters. They attack the oil rig. Um, then Blofeld tries to get away in a submarine that's on a crane. Bond punches the crane operator and then proceeds to throw Blofeld's submersible into where the computer is that controls the laser satellite. And apparently the Apparently that destroys the laser and Blofeld. Which I, I don't think we ever see. No, we don't. Tiffany Case, like I said, tries to shoot some people and then falls off the oil rig. Comically. And then Bond does a swan dive. And we cut to them on the boat, on the big cruise liner that Willard White sent them away on. Because he's happy to save them. We even talk about Bambi and Thumper. 
Oh God, yeah. Uh, so Bond tries. They're going to. Wolfhub's going to try to kill the real Willard White. So Bond goes over to his house and he meets Bambi and Thumper, which are like his women that are his security, but they just lounge around in like lingerie or whatever. Are they his security or are they also Spectre agents like Mr. Wind and Mr. Kid? Probably Spectre agents. Yeah, I don't know what Blofeld was up to with deciding who's going to be his agent. It's, it's weird. So they fight. It's dumb. Uh, they end up fighting in a pool and Sean Connery nearly drowns both of them. And then Felix has a funny moment. Well, see who's giving breaststroke lessons. And then Sean Connery's walking around with a see-through shirt, which I didn't want to see. No. I mean, his shirt when it was dry also wasn't good because, oh my god, we don't really talk about the fashion of these movies, but you can tell the 60s is over. Yeah. Yeah, in the 70s. Yeah, we'll talk about it more like in Spy Who Loved Me, which is the most 70s-looking, disgusting affair of style. It's so bad. Uh, my, my dad will talk about like, oh, Roger Moore's tux in Spy Who Loved Me is so bad, Jeremy. I'm like, yeah, I know you don't like Roger Moore films, Dad. Yeah, but still, Connery in this with like a pink tie and a pink jacket, it's disgusting. It's so Visually bad. disgusting. It's so 70s. So early 70s. But anyway, um, that's, let's get to the the ship, the cruise liner. The best part? Yeah, from the book. Where they, they run into Mr. Wit and Mr. Kid on the cruise liner, which is a tense scene in the book. Oh, yeah. Which they have, them, they have each other at gunpoint. Bond basically kills both of them and has to make it look like a suicide. Yeah. And uh, Tiffany is like traumatized mm -hmm. and stuff. And in the movie again, they play it for you know some comedy. Yeah, I, I will say, Mr. Wit and Mr. Kid are like waiters. They come in with a bunch of food, and then they have a bomb in this cake, which they call La Bombe Surprise. Yes, and uh, Mr. Kid grabs the shish kebab and Bond proceeds to light him on fire <laughs> so he falls off the ship and I guess he burned to death before he fell into the ocean? He burned while he was in the ocean. With this movie's logic, I believe it. And then Mr. Wit loses his, loses his mind like he does in the book. And Bond proceeds to grab him by the, sh the coat and give him a wedgie with the coat? Which ma he makes a horrible sound. And then he ties the bomb to the coat tails and proceeds to flip him overboard where he blows up in the ocean. <laughs> yeah. And By the way, we should we should also say like it's Mr. Wind, right? Mr. Wind. Mr. Wind. Yeah. When he when he gives him a wedge, like between the legs, Mr. Wind is like, ooh. Like yeah. a very pleasant noise. It's like yeah. Oh, they make a joke. They make a joke. It's like 
that's a lot of aftershave you all have on there. And I've smelt it before. Oh yeah, because they threw Bond in the in the um God, the mortuary what? scene, which we didn't talk about because it's dumb. But um Bond gets thrown in a coffin, they try to light him on fire. Which could have been a tense scene, but it isn't. And then he's just pulled out. Yeah. Oh, and we also get a shady tree. Also such a fascinating character. I don't even remember. It's the old guy with the weirdest, like, voice. He got them diamonds are phony. Oh, yeah. The the one that they, Mr. Witt and Mr. Kid end up killing. Yeah. yeah. And he's like a comedian and he's like a gangster and he runs a casino. Yeah. Which, by the, that is one good joke. Because one other Spectre guy, I think comes over to Mr. Wind and Mr. Kid, and he says, okay, plan has changed. We need Shady Tree alive. And Mr. Kid is like, oh, that's most annoying. <laughs> they kill him anyway, or he's already dead. Yeah, he's already dead. Blofeld's help just gets worse and worse in every movie. Yeah. We point- had Irma Bund before. She was great. She was great. Should have, should have kept her. Yeah, we never get an ending to Irma Bunt. Which is a shame. I think it's because the actress who played her died like a few months after Majesty's Oh, no. Just recast her. Like they recast Blofeld every film. We also need to get into detail with Blofeld because we've seen him before. Again, and he looks different. Yeah. He's the tallest Blofeld, if I'm not mistaken. I think so. He's also the most British for some reason. Well, I mean, if we count Max Boncito, it was Blofeld. Uh, in, I think that was Max Boncito who was Blofeld in... Um, yeah, he was. In Never Say Never Again. Never Again. Yeah, but this Blofeld is played by Charles Gray. Yeah. We all remember from like two movies ago as Dicko in You Only Live Twice. Terrible Dicko. Yeah. That terrible Blofeld. That's Did why he... I call him... Yeah? Brofeld. Bro... No, Brofeld is Chris... Christoph Waltz. This version, <laughs> this discount Goldfinger, he's Diamond Finger. Diamond Finger. There Diamond Finger, because he's his brother. So He was supposed to be the brother. Oh, Lord. Remember when we read License to Kill? Yeah. That was so much better than this. <laughs> Definitely. I can't wait till we get to talk about the Dalton movies. Um, next year, maybe. Yeah. I mean, we have a lot of good more stuff. We do. We're in the early more. Early more is good more. Late more is hit or miss. And the misses are <coughs> bad. But anyway, that's about it. With, um, diamonds. It's a weird one. You know what I noticed this time? Because obviously, No Time to Die is finally out. Spoilers, it sucks. I mean, I haven't, I see it next week. You should go see it. You should go see it so we can do a stream and talk about it. First impressions of No Time to Die. I will when it's leaked online. Online. But what, what I noticed this time, they brought Connery back for this one film. 
they had to cut the budget of the movie, which you can tell in almost every scene because they had to pay Connery. They must have known that's his last time playing Bond. Yes. They cannot get him back. And with Craig, we get a definitive ending. And I wonder, why didn't they do something like that for Connery? Because if they wanted to, like they must have known, okay, this is this is his swan song. We can't get him back. But they didn't do anything. They just gave him a random mission, which it's a bad movie overall, but it's, I don't know. I think they were done with him as much as he was done with them. True. Um, he was probably really hard to work with at that point. He can, when you can tell in the film that he doesn't want to be there, that's that's bad. I um, think he, I think there was something he didn't want Cubby Broccoli on the set ever. I think. Yeah, and, and they they were is a matter of time before they got more mm-hmm. who they wanted to begin with. Yeah, I mean. Originally, for Diamonds, the actor they picked was uh, John Gavin, the boyfriend from Psycho. And I think, I don't know if they actually shot something, but he was paid in full. Well, we didn't even talk about Lazenby and not being in this film. We should do that real fast. I think we talked a little bit about, you know, Majesties. Lazenby was hard to work with, mm-hmm. and the filmmakers grew to hate him. It was like awesome. mutual hate, and they just... Also, I don't even know if he was fired or just quit. no. No, this is this is what I've heard. His mm-hmm. agent told him spy yeah. movies are not going to be a thing in the seventies. Grow your hair out and do something else, and that's why he never came back. Yeah, which is, but it is, which is a shame. Yeah, but at the same time, you also hear all these stories about the producers and stuff hating him and he hating them, and it's it it was a mess. Mm-hmm. No matter what you think of Lazenby, like I said, I don't mind him at all. But it's so yeah. weird just seeing it's weird seeing an actor do one Bond film. He doesn't even get to grow into it. Mm-hmm. Which there's another another actor that I think didn't really get to grow into his portrayal of Bond, but we'll get to that much later. Two of them actually. Oh. I know one. I don't know the other. Yeah. Um which do you want me just to throw them out there? Sure. I don't think Pierce Brosnan or Daniel Craig got to really grow into the character. They were not allowed to. Agreed. Um, oh, I mean, that's a heavy discussion. That is a heavy discussion that we will. That's foreshadowing for the ne- the end of this podcast when we get into those films. Mm-hmm. God, that's going to be wild. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Anyway, that's all I have. Yeah, I think that's it. Like, Diamonds Are Forever, it's a decent book. I would still recommend it, definitely. Yeah, it's just... The caveat is it's weaker than its predecessor, and what follows it is a lot stronger. Oh, yes. It's a a one-off adventure to prove that Bond doesn't always have to fight Smirsh. True. I would say his its biggest weakness are the villains. Yes. It's, I mean, it's something different, definitely. A mob, like a couple of gangsters in, instead of just one central villain. But they are not that interesting. 
but its strength is like the main Bond girl in the book, Tiffany Case. I'll tell you, I'm going to throw this idea out there. If this had been a short story in For Your Eyes Only, I think it would be better. Maybe. Maybe. Because he deals with gangsters a lot in the short stories. True. And it's always done pretty well. At least in Fleming's short stories. Hmm. Possible. But still, I would say the book is definitely worth a read. But with the movie, it's like... I would recommend watching it once, you know, just to make your own opinion of it. Mm-hmm. It's not what I noticed this time. It wasn't miserable to sit through; like it flew by quick, and there were some humorous parts, but it really lacks energy, and it just feels. I mean, I watched this like just a week or so apart from On a Majesty's Secret Service. Mm-hmm. And then it really hits you in the gut. It's the worst when you're marathoning. Oh, yeah. Probably the worst. Because it's... Honor Majesty's is a book ended by two very bad films. Yeah, you have You Only Live Twice before, and then Diamonds. Which, You Only Live Twice is still better than Diamonds. Because that's less like cinematic quality and great action and stuff. It also has a bad... Connery performance. We can talk about that quick. Mm-hmm. Which is Connery's worst performance? This. You only live twice or this? Diamonds. Hmm. Very much so, but you only live twice is not a good performance either. But there's a hint of charm. There's a hint of charm in you only live twice. Um, but in this, there's no charm. It's very tired. Yeah. Lazy film. Oh, one thing I wanted to mention at the end right now. That's going to be good. So we talked about how they tried to forget Majesties. There's one joke in here by Money Penny, which is really horrible if you watch this oh, in context. Yeah, yeah the, she's like, what was you like, a diamond ring? Yeah, she's she's saying like, Connery is like, okay, what can I you know bring you from my trip to Amsterdam? And she's like, a diamond in a ring. And Connery, he gives her this look like... Uh, Some time passed, but like not enough time for that. Yeah. Money Penny is a horrible person. Dalton would have never put up with that. Just saying. <laughs> Dalton Bond, 20 years after, is still not thrilled with that. No. He goes after a drug empire, like all on his own, just because his best friend has the same has the same experience, and loses an arm and a leg because he just screwed with something that ate him. Yeah. But anyway, I wish, I wish. Okay, concluding words. I wish Diamonds was licensed to kill. Would have been appropriate. Yes. Yes. That. Yeah. But they didn't want to go dark again. Nope. Gotta cash in. Lighthearted tone, comedy adventure. Which is fine, but not executed well. Yeah. So, anyway. Join us next time as we jump into the Moore era with Live and Let Die. The movie we are named after. Yes. I almost started going into the Paul McCartney and Wings song, but that's... (laughs) 
no one wants to hear that. Anyway, later, dude. Bye. Stay Gucci, everyone. <laughs>